welcome to season two of the Great Food Debate presented by This Week Community News, a podcast about where to eat, drink, and more in Central Ohio. I'm Abby Armbruster, your host of this show. And before we dive into the conversation, I wanted to let you know that we have a new Facebook group for all you Great Food Debate fans. You can find it by going to This Week Community News Facebook page and clicking on the groups tab. In the group, we'll be talking about restaurants that didn't make the cut for our podcast episodes, behind the scenes info, and fun tidbits about food. If you are a foodie in Central Ohio, you'll want to be part of this Facebook group. But now that we have that out of the way, let's dive into today's topic. We are talking about the best new restaurants in Central Ohio. What restaurants have made a splash in a short amount of time? Joining me today are four people who are going to help me figure that out. So starting with me today are... Hi, Megumi Robinson. I am with Experience Columbus. Thanks for having me. I'm Erin Edwards, and I'm dining editor at Columbus Monthly. I'm Nikki Seely, and I'm the blogger behind Sweetly Seabus. Bethia Wolf from Columbus Food Adventures. All right, thank you guys for joining me today. And let's start by asking what kind of experiences, or what kind of expectations, rather, would you put on a new restaurant that is opening? Erin, do you want to kick it off? Wow, no pressure. (laughs) Uh, Expectations. Well, you know, I don't know if you guys agree. I usually, I try not to go the first week or two, uh, but that's just me. I I really want want restaurants to kind of kick the cobwebs off. Uh, I know that is... That does not help my social media feed um, <laughs> at all. But, uh, you know, I, w- I want them to try to get used to service, uh, you know, before before I judge them, yeah, basically. Even for waiters to know what, what tables they have and that sort of thing. I, yeah, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Right. And, you know, when we do reviews, we wait at least three months. Oh, uh, really? Yes. I did not know that. That's true. Okay. Nikki, what about you? Yeah, I'm like Erin. I look for top-notch service is probably the first thing I'm looking for. Um, I don't want the waiter or waitress to feel flustered that they don't know the dish that they're explaining. So I want them to have a little familiarity with the restaurant itself, the food that they're serving, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Bethia, do you have any expectations? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think it. I think it's hard for restaurants because I think so often, you know, there's delays with construction and there's delays with permits, and people are so anxious and kind of desperate to get open. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you know, I know it's difficult for restaurants to find good staff. There's a lot of kind of staffing challenges um, opening restaurants in Columbus. But I am amazed. Like I feel like it's so important in this days, you know, day of social media and Yelp and all of these things that's so important for restaurants to create a good impression mm-hmm. um, that it's really frustrating when you see new open restaurants opening and the staff don't understand the payment system that they're using <laughs> and they don't know what the things are in the menu or mm-hmm. what, the, you know, so I really feel like sometimes the restaurants, even though they're so anxious to open, they really should have spent a little more time training staff and just kind of getting some of that stuff figured out before they open. And mm-hmm. so... The ones that that do open and they kind of just seem to have it all down at the beginning, like it makes it even more impressive that they've spent the time to really train their staff and do a lot of soft openings and kind of figure figure stuff out. I completely agree with that. What she said. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Megumi, is there anything else? And I also, you know, agree with um, everything that they've shared. And then kind of building on that, when I go to a new restaurant, what I'm also looking for is a really unique experience. So I want to see kind of how 
how they have set themselves apart. Um, and, and I'm always looking for that like sort of interesting story of why did they choose to open this specific concept and things like that. And mm-hmm. um, so I think that, you know, if that can be co- communicated through the menu that they've put together, uh, maybe some of the specific dishes, um, that really, for me, helps it to stand apart. So definitely and like just adding on that, like mm-hmm. I, I really like restaurants that have the confidence to um, you know, if it's an international restaurant, to really go for their cuisine without feeling the need to add pad thai and general size chicken on the, you know, and they're kind of those, you know, like if they are really kind of committing to doing their things or, um, you know, if they're just really committing to kind of doing a niche and I think probably commune's going to get a lot of mentions today, but commune mm-hmm. is one. They, they said we're going to be plant-based and they went for it and they kind of not compromising on that. They didn't feel the need to, to kind of play to the to everybody right yeah i completely agree with that as well and i also want to segment into the idea that and thea touched on this that if a restaurant is going to open and then they get pushed back due to construction they should let people know i recently saw a post about philco and their sign on the door says opening fall 2018 well We're it's in the first on. quarter of 2019. <laughs> so, uh, so the excitement, I think, that builds behind that, I think the restaurant should do a good job of posting on social media or using um, that space to their advantage and, and kind of keeping the public up to date on that. Yes, I completely agree. Uh, Noctura Brewing mm-hmm. in uh, Powell, I think, they uh, said they were opening in like December of 2018 and their Instagram I think still says that and they opened in February so anyway (laughs) better late than never but still Uh, so we kind of uh, agreed before we started recording this that we talk roughly in 2018 uh, the restaurants should have opened by 2018 but if we mention something before or after that um, you know there's no hard rules on that but uh, let's go around the room and say you know what our favorite restaurant is or top three or five whatever you can uh, get together Uh, your favorite restaurants in Central Ohio right now. Megumi, let's start with you. Okay, well, as Bethy already kind of um, <laughs> gave a little uh, prelude to, is um, Commune definitely is a standout for me. Um, also on my list, uh, Ambrose and Eve. So I recently, actually with Aaron, we went there for dinner earlier this week, um, and I've had lunch there as well and have been really impressed. Um, and Antiques on High, uh, so next door to Ambrose and Eve. Um, just really think that they knocked it out of the park in terms of of sort of the vibe that they set there. And again, kind of going back to what I look for in a restaurant, sort of that really unique, interesting story, mm-hmm. um, something that sets them apart. Erin, what about you? Right. Uh, I'm definitely not going to choose one, um, <laughs> but uh, I'll call out Lupo um, in Upper Arlington. Uh, that's one of uh, Rick Lopez's restaurants. And he, he tapped Chef Todd Elder to, to run that kitchen. And I think they've done a really nice job it's kind of small plates there are some larger entrees as well including a, a great uh, pork shank if I re- or a lamb shank if I recall um, but fun place to go with a big group um, or you know on a date it would be a good date spot uh, great cocktails uh, the, they do a good job with the beverages there the wine as well um, also bulgogi in Saraga International Grocery teeny spot uh, you know, might be easy to miss, but fantastic Korean food, uh, some, some amazing Korean fried chicken, and some of the warmest service, most attentive service you're, you're going to find. Um, and uh, Sorry, I'm, I'm laughing uh-huh. because I, at one of my visits to Bulgogi, the lady actually wiped my face. <laughs> 
Like she, I had I been forgot. eating the Korean fried chicken, which right. is really delicious. And like, I obviously would have wiped my own face, but I was still eating. And she literally came over and wiped my face for me. Which I don't think I've ever had that experience at a restaurant before. But bulgogi so kind is really of like good. eating at your grandma's house, maybe. Um, oh my gosh! So I, I forgot you told me that. Yes. Um, yeah, and then you know, commune as well. Um, and, uh, you know, just a great job with the space, kind of helped open up a whole new um, neighborhood, really, right there on Parsons. Um, exciting to see what they're going to keep doing. I have a few that actually the ladies have not mentioned yet. Uh, Baraluco, which was one best food truck, I think, in 2017, but actually opened a brick and mortar um, in 2018 is absolutely fantastic. Great service. Again, um, another one where I would say they're really sticking to their roots of that Argentinian food, um, not trying to Americanize the menu. Uh, I think empanadas, uh, paella, their sampler platter is the way to go if you've never been. It's a great space. Um, it's kind of in the alley. It's a little bit hidden, but there's some nice parking on Gay. Um, and of course, don't miss like the churros and dulce de leche. They really, they really have it down. I'm really impressed with their restaurant, um, as I was with their food truck. Another one, um, Alpine in German Village is definitely one of my tops, specifically the Alpine fondue. I'm not exaggerating when I say I could have picked up the bowl and licked it clean. It was that <laughs> fantastic. Um, I have a lot of great things um, to say about them. And then El Lugar next door, which I would say they're like brother restaurants. Um, another one that's not specifically new to Columbus, um, as they were, they began in 1964, but Swenson's, I'm sorry, yeah, they're new to Columbus, not new to to the restaurant scene. Um, they started in Akron in 1964. But that's the kind of restaurant that you're getting in your jammies at 10 o'clock at night. And you're like, man, we want to go for a good burger. And you don't have to get out because car hop service. Um, so they were one of my favorites. And then last, um, on the higher end, is probably Jeff Ruby's. They are fantastic. Um, top-notch service. Uh, they really know what they're doing in terms of steaks and seafood. Um, the atmosphere is very think red velvet kind of new york city style um I, we were really impressed although very expensive <laughs> <laughs> all right and bethia what are your top picks all right well a couple of my top picks have already gone so rather than repeating um i'm gonna kind of shout out for a few places that that haven't got to mention um probably um kind of my one of my favorites that's very recently opened is Locks in the Short North. Um, it is a bagel um, restaurant. Um, they make their own bagels. The bagels are fantastic. And then they also do some really great sandwiches. I love their breakfast sandwiches. I love their Locks sandwich. And I love the pastrami sandwich. The pastrami. They... Um, so, yeah, it's really great. It's in the short north. It's just off High Street. has a couple of parking spaces out front. Um, and it's in the old um, Lantibes space. People are familiar with that. Um, and one of the other places that I really enjoyed um, last year that just opened is a little Mexican restaurant called Dos Sabores, which is on Huntley Road. It's right at Huntley on the corner of 161. And they also make their own bread. Um, they have really great sandwiches, um, kind of the more traditional tortas, but also sandwiches called semitas, which are on a round roll with sesame seeds. Um, and the bread is so good that it's kind of whatever you put in it. It's delicious. But it's a, it's a nice little addition um, to the Mexican food scene in Columbus. Um, and then... Um, 
the, the short north it's kind of been fun the short north is kind of getting out of this construction mode finally and there's some new places popping up in in kind of the short north area um camera mitchell is has opened some new concept, has more on the way, um, but I probably should shout out the, the Bobka French Toast at Harvey and Ed's is, um, if, if you like sweet brunch dishes, um, or their Reuben dip is, is uh, pretty dangerous too. Um, and uh, Alcaria, which I may be pronouncing wrong, but it's a new <laughs> restaurant on King Avenue that was in the old Dragonfly Till Angry Baker <laughs> space, is a great new addition in the neighborhood too. And next to the bottle shop, which I love. So. <laughs> yes. So with this being a debate, I want to yes. go back to locks for a second, which go I have it. been to, and I do think is good, but I have to laugh because Bethia did her quotes, um, the quotes motion as a restaurant, yes. because I, it doesn't have any sides and it doesn't they, have any dessert. So they have added. Right. So they have added a side. They're doing, I forget what they're calling them, but it's they're like, like potato. the little potato kind yeah. of triangles, which I haven't had a chance to try them yet, but they look good. I think that... I know they are planning to do some other things. I've actually talked to, to them about this because I feel like they're Me kind of too. leaving money on the table. Me because mm-hmm. if I, you know, I went to meet a friend there for lunch, you know, and we sat there for about an hour and I probably would have got a salad or a side, mm-hmm. maybe some kind of snacky thing. Maybe I would have got a, you know. Yes. And so I feel like for them, they're really missing out. I think that they got so busy when they first opened that mm-hmm. it kind of, caught them a little off guard and so some of the other things they plan to roll out they, they didn't yeah when we were there there was only the sandwich and and just like you my husband's like i'm starving like a sandwich is great but even just a side of fruit would have been awesome um and i we actually i did talk to the owner i think and he said we're coming we had actually a much larger menu that we pared down as soon as we realized oh my gosh people are waiting forever for the food mm. um but it's hard for me to say it's a restaurant when there's nothing else but literally <laughs> a sandwich i'm like okay i need more so i need more of that experience before for me it could be a top restaurant. See mm-hmm. what I did was I got the like the sandwich and then I got the bagel with jam on. I mean I would still call it a restaurant because they have tables, they have drinks, you know, you sit down right. at restrooms. So I mean it's a restaurant, but I, I agree that I think they need a little more on the menu, uh, just really for their own business because mm-hmm. obviously every restaurant has to pay the rent. So. Right. But yeah. I think it uh, it goes to what you were saying early, earlier, Bethia, about you know. Uh, a new restaurant, so much to do in the beginning. And I think they were kind of smart to just like, instead of trying to do everything in the whole wide world, you know, keep it simple, train your, train your staff on what you have and then scale up. And I, and I think that's kind of a smart approach. Mm -hmm. And they did sell out within a few hours, the first like week they were there. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's stabilized now. I think if, if people have kind of heard about it, but worried about going because it's too busy. Mm -hmm. um, I think certainly during the week it's, like I haven't had any kind yeah, of long wait. No I think issues. it gets a little bit. It gets busier at the weekend. Sure, and we'll have a wait. But they move through pretty efficiently, and I wouldn't be scared of going if you've. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about this since we were already talking about locks and the success that they've had right out the gate. But does success factor into what restaurants you like or don't like, or is that not really an issue? If the food is good but it's not very popular. Do you still like it, or is that somewhere you're not planning on going very often? Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. I think. Do we look at popularity before? Going? Right. Yeah. Mm. Right. No, actually, I would I would disagree with that. I want to go to the places that 
are kind of a hidden gem. I think people want to hear about those. Some of the names we mentioned, I mean, even Jeff Ruby is one that I say. I mean, you hear about it all the time, or Harvey and Ed's, anything Cameron Mitchell is, mm-hmm. is well documented, and people talk about it. I think I want to support the smaller local businesses, and I feel like if they're not getting that popularity, maybe we can help them along. Sure, I completely agree. I mean, I think it's a slightly kind of different angle but I think you know I think Instagram and other social media can really help restaurants I think if a restaurant has a dish that's really pretty and attractive to take photos of like you look at the um the Momo bowl at Momogar that yes. just is on Instagram so much. You look at the bagel sandwich at Locks that people love to take a picture in front of their wall. So I think that the restaurants that kind of create photogenic dishes, like the the egg sandwich at Fox in the Snow, you know, right. you see it on Instagram so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're somebody that's using those social media, it kind of plants the seed and you think, oh, I haven't had that for a while. Or, oh, that looks delicious. Mm-hmm. So I think the kind of popularity can kind of feed like you know brassica is another example of food that everybody wants to take a photo of because it's colorful and attractive and the light's good and the background you know (laughs) so it it helps with their popularity i don't know that it makes you want to go there apart from that if you're seeing it a lot on social media it keeps it in your mind Mm -hmm. and then when you're thinking like oh what do i feel like eating today you know obviously the stuff that you've seen and thought about recently is more likely to come to mind and the angry baker does a really good job at that not that they're new but they always have new things that are rolled out on their instagram saying we're only having this saturday and sunday and then i will go to see the truffle croissant in person (laughs) even though i have not spent the 30 dollars or whatever it is on that but yeah (laughs) baby happy does a lot of specials like that that they'll just do for like you know it'll be throwback weekend or they'll do Mm -hmm. some things so i think there's I think that's quite a lot of restaurants that are smart about how they promote different things like that. Yeah, I mean, to to add to that, I mean, restaurants are designing restaurants with Instagram in mind, you Mm -hmm. know, with backdrops, Mm -hmm. with the right lighting. Uh, I know the two Cameron Mitchell restaurants that are coming up, they specifically call that out, how they'll have, (laughs) you know, kind of an area good for taking, you know, selfies with your food or whatever. Um, So uh, I I think that's a fascinating trend that we're seeing with new restaurants. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I would just adding on to all of this, I mean, who hasn't just scrolled through Instagram and then once you see this beautiful photo of whatever it is, immediately your, you know, your mouth starts to water. And so I would say that, you know, me personally, I am not necessarily going to go to a restaurant just because it's kind of the new popular thing. I'm more going to go because I'm interested in learning more about it. And um, if the, you know, the menu sounds really interesting, uh, but Instagram will definitely, you know, catch me in those moments where I'm like, hmm, what do I want for dinner tonight? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I haven't thought of X, Y, and Z in so long because I've just seen a delicious picture of what was posted. Sure. Well, and I did go, I did start the cocktail, the Celtic cocktail trail in Dublin because I saw it on Nikki's store. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that sounds like fun. So I started that. So, uh, so yes, Instagram does play a part in that. So what is the cardinal sin of a new restaurant that will keep you from coming back a second time? <laughs> the cardinal sin of any restaurant, right, not just new, really, um, is probably True. something that you don't want to talk about on air, like something nasty in your food. And, and sadly, I mean, have, I have had those experiences here in Columbus. Um, I'm a always give a second chance type girl. I think that anything could go wrong at times. But if if I go twice and it's been something gross or really poor experience, I will not go back. And I won't support. I won't I won't advertise for them or support them. Or. I think it's often how 
how places handle it if something goes wrong. Like if you yes. have, if you a, have a dish that is like so salty that you can't eat it, or something is undercooked, like the chicken is raw in the middle, or so, you know, like and things can happen, you know. Sure. But I think it, then it's like, how does the restaurant handle it? If they are really gracious about it, if they offer to, to comp it or replace it or do something else, like you're much more likely to give them a second chance. But if they kind of act like you're making it up or like you, you know, like sometimes you just have these weird interactions that, are, that mm-hmm. are, can be kind of off-putting yeah. where you feel like they're not yes. believing you or treating mm-hmm. you as like it's a genuine <clears throat> right. kind of feedback or... right. I had I had such a poor experience at a restaurant that I yelped about it, which I try not to. And it was the third time I'd been there, and it was so bad. But the manager on Yelp called me a liar, and I had um, I had sent them like Instagram shots, like they, and it's a really popular. Like if I say the name, people would know immediately who it was. Um, and it was so poor that I can't, I can't even stomach when people talk about it because I've had not such a negative experience with the dish I had, which had a massive clump of hair in it, <gasps> let's just say. Oh but then oh for my. them to be called, then we point it out to them. They take the dish away. They don't comp, they comp that dish, but they don't say anything else about the entire meal that we have. Um, and then they call me a liar on Yelp. So yeah, oh it my. was real bad. <laughs> so yes, hand think, in hand. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I think rudeness is the big thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's yeah. like, you know, mistakes can happen and things can go wrong and the food might not be right. But if people are pleasant about it, then it's, it isn't ever going to, you know, you might be willing to give them a second chance. Mm-hmm. But I think rudeness is kind of hard to give a second chance to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wanted to add that, you know, I mean, this is at the heart of why Cameron Mitchell restaurants have uh, been so successful. Um, I mean, just Google, you know, Cameron's uh, milkshake uh, story sometime. You should be able to ask for basically anything and, you know, um, in the restaurant and, you know, they'll figure it out, basically, mm-hmm. instead of pushing back. And, uh, you know, not. I'm not going to say the customer's always right, but basically the customer's always right. right. You're serving the customer. That's the point of being yeah. in business. So. Yeah. And so a, a new restaurant um, service uh, or, or like a long wait Mm-hmm. Um, uh, something just disastrous with the bill. Um, something like that is probably, you know, I, you know, like Nikki, I'm going to go back, give it a second shot. But, mm-hmm. but something with the service is really uh, off-putting to me. Well, and one thing we already mentioned was, you know, not going in that first month or two of it being open. And I would say if I do go somewhere where it's been open a month or less and it's not that great of experience, I do go back six months or a year later when they've actually fine-tuned things. So <laughs> Absolutely. And service, again, also, I guess, coming from the perspective, you know, at Experience Columbus, we're interfacing with visitors day in and day out. And so if, when I'm looking at a restaurant experience, I'm trying to think of it through the lens of a visitor. So someone who maybe it's their very first impression of Columbus. Mm -hmm. And so for me, again, um, that's kind of how I'm approaching when I'm going into a restaurant. Am I feeling very welcomed? Does it feel like, you know, a place that I would want to tell my friends and family about? Um, And so that's definitely top of mind when, when I'm looking at sort of you know how we kind of rank the restaurants and will food be consistent i think that's a huge consistent absolutely yeah i think in general though like for most people like you know there's so many restaurants in central ohio so (laughs) many of every type that honestly for i would guess for most people if you don't have a great experience in a restaurant you're probably not going to waste your money there again sure like for us for you know professionally we might go back to Mm -hmm. a restaurant to give it another try or if somebody recommends it or we think maybe you know it was a fluke on our first thing but you know i think for most people like 
you know, you, you go to a restaurant, you have a great experience, you go back, you have an okay experience, yeah, you're probably just going to go somewhere different next time. Mm-hmm. I think the bar has definitely been set higher over, you know, the past three, four, five years. Mm -hmm. Um, And then again, with Cameron Mitchell, I know we've talked about sort of the level of service that we have, you know, come to expect there. They've really set a great example um, for sort of what that level should be. And let's get on to a happier topic. We did talk about Commune and Ambrose and Eve, and uh, you guys mostly mentioned it. But what kind of dishes really stood out for you? I mean, Commune is is unique since it's mostly plant-based or all plant-based, I think. Uh, So definitely great for vegetarians and vegans. But what dish stands out there? So I've been to Commune quite a few times. Um, I've been mostly for lunch. I've been once for dinner. Um, the thing that I have ordered repeatedly that I love is their sweet potato torta. Mm. Um, and I really feel it's, it's a very satisfying sandwich. I don't miss having the meat in it. Um, and it comes with a really nice side salad. It's beautifully presented. Um, I also love their breads and spreads. They do this kind of um, koji pita bread that's this kind of big, kind of fluffy pita. I will second pita, that. It's so and it good. It comes with Third. Like three different dips every time. Um, I will say it is a little inconsistent how done it is. Like, it's, if you look at through the different pictures on Instagram, you'll see, like, sometimes it's quite dark, sometimes it's very pale. Um, but what, however I've had it, it's always been delicious. Yeah, my, some of my favorite dishes at Commune. Um, so I... Uh, have been uh, several times for lunch and the Brussels sprout sandwich mm. I find myself ordering over and over again it makes me think of a Reuben uh, but it's made with you know finely shredded Brussels sprouts and then this delicious cheese and it's just so so yummy and, and very very filling um, and then on the dinner menu I really like the crispy fried rice mm-hmm. by the description alone I honestly <laughs> probably wouldn't have ordered it but I had a friend who was with me and said oh my gosh we have to get this and it was just the texture the flavor, everything about it was phenomenal. So it's kind of, they flatten out the rice, sort of like a pancake, and then fry it, and then they put um, an egg on top, and let me tell you, it's a good-looking dish. It is a good-looking dish. We actually put it on our cover of uh, Best New Restaurants in uh, the February issue of Columbus Monthly. There you go. It's a good-looking dish. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Oh, goodness. Best New Dishes. (laughs) Let's see. Well, just one I had uh, the other night um, at Ambrose and Eve. Uh, it's really a, a beef tartare. I can't remember what they're calling it. I think uh, beef tendon with red oil. Um, and it's, it, you know, has lots of Asian flavors, um, some rice vinegar, lots of garlic. Uh, so maybe not great for a date. Um, <laughs> uh, sesame seeds. It was just absolutely de- delicious. And, uh, yeah, I would second the, the bread and spread, <laughs> or third, at, at Commune. Um, I already mentioned mine, but my that Alpine fondue um, at Alpine is, is hands down my favorite dish of the year. Um, it seems like it's nothing. Like, oh, it's just some fondue. It's some cheese in a bowl, but it is so much more than that. They do a hand-breaded dumpling in the middle and then provide you with dipping breads and such. It is, it will blow you away. The dish is that good. And that, that dumpling also comes in a few of their other dishes. And I will say after we ordered that appetizer, I was looking for dishes on the menu with those dumplings that are in that. Hmm. That is good to know. Are there any restaurants that you thought were wildly successful or seemed wildly successful out the gate, but that they petered out over time and either don't exist anymore or you just think, man, I thought those guys would last forever or thought they'd be more popular well harvest uh 
Tavern and Kitchen opened last year and uh, actually closed just recently. Mm -hmm. Um, But we do have news in Grandview, Mm -hmm. yes. And that was a collaboration between the Butcher and Grocer and Harvest Pizzeria. Um, So not just pizzas, but also uh, several entrees. Um, So that closed, but there is a new uh, place going in. Mm -hmm. The Old Spot, uh, which is a new collaboration between the Butcher and Grocer and uh, Rick and uh, Krista Lopez of La Tavola and Lupo. So it's going to be exciting. Do we know, this was just announced very recently, so do we know what the concept is or if it's going to be Food and drinks, or it's not going to be plant based. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> it's going to be pretty heavily meat focused, yes. I think. But I don't, I don't think they've announced anything else. I can't say much, but uh, you know, I know it's not going to be Italian and, or Spanish like the okay. other restaurants. Um, I think you could probably assume it's going to be kind of a pub fair type place. Uh, you know, one of the maybe exciting prospects is uh, the Lopez's used to own Need Urban Mm. Diner Mm -hmm. across from the convention center so they might bring back hopefully some of those uh, comfort food uh, dishes that they were known for there we'll see and I wonder if pizza will be on the menu or if they'll just get rid of that altogether mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i don't know i'm assuming they have a they have an oven in there so <laughs> that's <laughs> true we'll use it for something there'll be something wood fired i would guess right and have you guys noticed any trends emerging in terms of new restaurants that have been opening or even just certain <coughs> fare that's now offered that hasn't been in recent years i have one yeah um, we definitely and this is over the last kind of two to three years but especially recently but there's really been an explosion of Nepali food in Columbus mm-hmm. I mean we went from having one Nepali restaurant to now I think last time I counted we were I think getting close to 10 if you include all the kind of markets that are offering food wow and, and they're you know they're, they're generally fairly small modest but new new in the last year kind of notable was Everest in Worthington oh yeah that's um, right but there's some new ones opening up in the Reynoldsburg area um, and that's definitely a cuisine that that wasn't well represented. Um, and then we're also seeing kind of a continuing of the kind of more interesting um, kind of regional Chinese food. So we had, I think, Northeast Chinese restaurant opened in 2017. Um, but there's a Western Chinese restaurant that just opened um, in the Kenny Center. And then Spicy Hop is kind of a new type of Chinese concept on Bethel Road. So um, T.Y. Um, Thai, um, what's it called? Thai ginger, Thai Asian, um, over in um, the Dublin area, um, introduced dim sum last year. No, oh, yeah. Um, and that it's not a new restaurant, but I, I guess it, that was one of my highlights of 2018 mm-hmm. is being able to get really good handmade dim sum in Columbus. Right. I know one trend for sure is the combination of co-working spaces and uh, food and drink, yes. uh, restaurants and bars. Uh, you know, one just, uh, well, is set to open tomorrow, actually. Um, Collective, which is the co-working space in the old uh, Max and Irma's in German Village. And Pierogi Mountain, which serves, you know, really 50% vegan, uh, 50%, uh, you know, omnivore um, <laughs> uh, Polish fair. Uh, they are running the kitchen, and a new bar concept called Wonder Bar is going in there. And I'm I think very we're, excited about that. Yeah, <laughs> and we're going to see another place in Polaris, um, uh, which the name right now escapes me. <laughs> uh, but a co-working space and, and pub. 
Mm-hmm. I think we're also seeing uh, more vegetarian and vegan options on menus or concepts that, again, that are specifically dedicated to that. I know we've talked a lot about commune, but also um, there are a lot of food trucks right now that are focusing specifically on that. I know in Italian Village, there is a vegan restaurant that is um, set to open in a bit. Yeah, wood, Woodhouse um, Vegan. Is it Woodhouse Vegan? Wood. Yes. Um, and then at the $2 radio headquarters, um, a little coffee shop on Parsons, oh, they yeah. serve vegan fare. And then on the weekends, they have different food trucks um, focusing in vegan fare that rotate. And, mm-hmm. and Porsche's is opening yes. a new place in Clintonville as well. So, yeah, there's, de- there's definitely a lot more um, focus, I think, on vegan and vegetarian. There's right. also the Yee's. Um, right. What's it? Yee's. Vegan Asian yep. Kitchen, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, um, out in Hilliard. Yeah. And the Little Kitchen Food Truck, which is excellent. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, and we've already uh, brought up a couple of places like Old Spot that are coming soon, but are there other restaurants that you're excited to try in 2019? Me personally, um, there's um, a couple of new places coming in the North Market. Uh, I'm very excited about the new ramen bar that's opening. Oh, um, yes. It looks yes. Like, Can't wait. Um, the chef has um, some good credentials, and so I'm hoping, I'm hopeful. Um, Menya ramen closed, so we've had a little bit of a gap in the um, ramen scene, shall yes. we say. Um, yes. So I'm excited about that. Um, and not new, um, but... Um, not a completely new restaurant, but Hoyo's Kitchen is opening in the North Market. Um, so I'm really excited for them. Um, we've worked with them for years, and they're great people and great food. So I'm excited that they'll be be open to a wider audience. I'm looking forward to Center Street Market opening in Hilliard this year. And they're going to have um, a lot of brands that we already know. Think like the Cheesecake Girl, Bakes by Low. But they're actually going to have a space now out of there to eat and cook. Um, so it's going to be a smaller version, I think, of the short north or the North Market. That um, just uh, pared down, I think, a little bit. But I'm really looking forward to that opening. And that reminds me, Dublin, I think, is supposed to get yes. a North Market concept. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's going to happen this year or next, but at least it's been announced. So and there's, there's <laughs> the other one that's um, coming out in Old Town East as well. So the that's kind of food court, the Cameron Mitchell mm-hmm. one, well, right? But dairy no, and a dairy. dairy. That's Thank what I was you. going to mention. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, looking forward to there's that. And a lot of new kind of food court market food hall. indoor yeah. Yeah. concepts right. coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll mention a bar that I'm really excited about, uh, Lawbird, uh, which is coming to the brewery district in that strip that's really hot right now with um, Ambers and Eve and Antiques on High, the Daily Growler. Um, and it is uh, by Annie Williams. Pierce. Pierce, thank you. She got <laughs> married. Um, and uh, she and her husband um, opening Lawbird. Uh, fantastic bartenders they're also going to do their own uh, i believe small plates um so no timeline on that yet but i feel good about that one yeah i saw some pictures there in the midst of construction so Mm -hmm. but and it's a pretty big space so it'll be interesting to see what they right that whole area is exciting things are happening are there any restaurants or dishes that we have not mentioned that we meant to mention? <laughs> you all have extensive notes in front of you. <laughs> we didn't really talk about, um, but Bridge Park really popped in 2018. Yes. Um, with yes. the Headquarter, um, Fado, which I know is not new, but the Fado Kitchen and Pub, which I have to say is stunningly gorgeous if you haven't been. Mm-hmm. The floors are beautiful. The space is beautiful. Um, I love the patios they're doing kind of on the front of those um, 16-bit added on to pins. pins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so I think that area itself is really popping right now. So yes. I'm actually calling it Kono, <laughs> which is Columbus mean? North. Oh. 
It's wow. true. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, there's an avenue, there's pens. Yeah. There, yeah. There's uh, everything we Z-Cucina. see in the downtown core. Right? Yeah. Zikuchina yeah. actually just opened there. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. A second uh, location. And there's an axe throwing place that's going in Dublin. I don't know if it's in that, if it's in Bridge Park, but I think it's near there anyway. So they're getting that too. <laughs> yeah. Vaso, I think, maybe opened. Yeah, are they, are they that new? I guess I didn't realize that. Or were they open in 2017? Uh, I don't think they question. had a winter last year no. because this year was the big winter With globes. The, yes, <laughs> the really expensive I think winter globes. In 20, early 2018. <laughs> I could be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, it's a great yeah. view. Yeah. So. It was like 2017. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was one place I don't think we mentioned was uh, Veritas. They also have the mm. really good, or no, Juniper. They're the ones who also have a really the good rooftop. view like Bazo. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and they opened last year sometime, I think. Right. So. The years blend together. Yes. For us. <laughs> Any other restaurants we want to mention before we wrap up? Erin, I think you you had one you were going to mention. I don't think you have yet. I haven't? Erin mm-hmm. ate a lot of burgers oh. <laughs> in the last few months. <laughs> An unseemly amount of burgers. <laughs> An insane amount of burgers. No, best burger of the year. We named uh, Preston's uh, a burger joint mm-hmm. uh, the best burger. Uh, we It was kind of a different format. We did a, a March Madness style bracket. Uh, and the central region was was very competitive. Lots of burgers in downtown and short north. Um, but Preston's fantastic uh, smash burger. It's done by um, Katie Randazzo and Matthew Hagens. Um, and that's really taken off big time. So. I, I am curious. Something I've seen that's new pop up recently. I'm curious if anyone has tried them. I have not. Is the boozy donuts. Oh, has anyone, oh, donut. has anyone no, tried them? Say more. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's somebody doing, like, alcohol-themed or flay. It's called the Drunken Donut. You have, but oh, you I haven't tried them? No. Can you believe that? I know. <laughs> I know. Everyone's shocked. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of, like, donuts, Brecky Shack opened. Yes. It just opened um, recently. They are pastries are fantastic. Can I leave it at that? <laughs> Um, I have a, pl- a couple places that I really want to get to that uh, have opened recently. A Common Table. Um, I've heard some good things. It's a deli in Clintonville. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been to Newfangled Kitchen and was impressed. Oh, I forgot them. Yeah. Um, meatloaf sandwiches. Mm. I mean, what a great idea. <laughs> Love my that. my yeah. daughter loves the the meatloaf sandwiches. Yeah. They they're really nice the way they, the way they do the kids one because the kids can kind of customize it exactly how they want. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know when you have small children, right. they <laughs> they know what they want. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's really it's run by a really nice couple. It's like a small space that's next to the Drexel Theater in Bexley. It's, it's a good if you like kind of comfort food sandwiches. That's a great great stop. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, as always, we want to hear from our listeners. If we missed any of your favorite new restaurants, please let us know. Or if you disagree with any of the ones we mentioned, we want to hear from you. So if you have uh, if you have any feedback at all, get in touch with us by emailing online at thisweeknews.com. Send us a tweet at This Week News or comment on the Facebook page. This Week Community News and The Great Food Debate. You can find every episode of The Great Food Debate in one place on our website, thisweeknews.com slash greatfooddebate. 
Everybody, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, and of course, now is the time where you get to plug whatever you want. So, Bethia, where can people find out more about you and your business? Um, our website is columbusfoodaventures.com. We do a wide variety of food tours all over central Ohio. And if you want to see what we've been eating, Instagram is probably the best place and at Seabus Adventures. Perfect. Nikki, what about you? You can find me on all social media channels at Sweetly Seabus and also on the blog. I tend to write more list based posts these days. So, Five favorite, six favorite, et cetera. All right. right. So uh, you can find all of our food news at columbusmonthly.com or at Columbus Monthly. Uh, I do do a weekly roundup of openings and cl- restaurant openings and closings, uh, food news uh, every week. So be sure to check that out. And the March Madness bracket, you can find there too. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. And for all things uh, Columbus, whether it's food or looking for um, a great activity to do or attraction, go to experiencecolumbus.com. You can find us on Instagram, too, um, at experiencecolumbus. Uh, Make sure to check out our blog, um, also our calendar of events. Perfect. All right. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or you can hear every episode on our website, thisweeknews.com slash Debate. This is Abby Armbruster signing off. Stay hungry.